One more time for Sister McPeters. Man. And everyone got saved. Boom. Okay, you may be seated. Holy molars. That was awesome. Um, and just letting you know, the 9 o'clock service didn't get that. It's because I love you guys more. I'm kidding. Uh, no, <laughs> we had some problems. But anyways, point being is uh, that was insane, and I don't even know how to follow that. So I, go be the church. Um, <laughs> here, here's the deal. Uh, this weekend, it's a, a special weekend, too. It's a Martin Luther King weekend. And I know, uh, growing up, I got... Uh, I came to faith in a, this little church in San Marcos, California called Valley Bible Church. And um, I remember talking, to, after I grew up, talking to my, my pastor at that time. And I said, what kind of church was it? And he goes, well, we belong to an, or, like a, it was like a denomination. It was called the Independent Fundamentalist Churches of America. And I was like, oh, wow. He goes, yeah, you know, the abbreviation is IFCA. And I was like, yeah. He goes, you know, I used to joke that it stood for I Fight Christians Anywhere. Because they thought everyone was wrong and going to hell kind of thing. They were just so narrow. And, and I go, really? I, did, I didn't know that. He goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, I tried to break that culture. Um, but I didn't know any of that about that church. But I, I knew growing up um, in that church, they're good, God-loving people. But one of the things, I, one, it was an all-white church. There was, there was no other ethnicity in it whatsoever. And all I ever heard about Martin Luther King was that, oh, he's a liberal. I never heard that he was a Christian. I never heard that he was a pastor. I never heard he was a Baptist or anything like that from that church. I had to learn all that in the, in the element, public elementary school I went to. And uh, when I was in my 30s, I was in graduate school, I began to read his sermons, not just his speeches he did in the public, but the sermons he was doing in these little Baptist churches. And what I found was something so rich because here's this man that had this incredible heart for justice but also throughout his message of, of justice. And, 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 and I want you to understand something. The Old Testament prophets, that's all they, all throughout the Old Testament prophets, they talked about justice, about the, the, the valleys being raised up and the mountains being brought down. And it was a powerful message. But then as I read these sermons, I began to see the gospel laced throughout all of them, that this was a man that was rooted in the gospel. It was a powerful thing. I want to show you guys a clip. It's just a two-minute clip from just him speaking. And um, it's called Not Now. And um, gosh, I listened to it this week. I listened to it over and over. And he kind of mumbles it in the beginning. But he said something that once I heard it, it just struck me. And he said, truth, when it's crushed to the ground, will rise again. I want you to think about that. Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life. He was the truth. He is the truth. And no matter what darkness in this world, no matter who's in charge of this world, they're not in charge of this world because Jesus is. And you can crush the truth to the ground. You can say you don't believe it. You can deny the truth, but it'll rise again. You can't stop it. So um, if, if, if you would, just fix your eyes on the screen and um, watch uh, Not Now. I know you're asking today, how long will it take? Somebody's asking how long will prejudice blind the visions of men? I come to say to you this afternoon, however difficult the moment, yes, sir. however frustrating the hour, it will not be long no, because truth crushed earth will rise again. Yes, sir. How long? Not long. 
Because no lie can live forever. Yes, sir. How long? Not long. How long? Because you shall reap what you sow. Yes, sir. How long? Not long. How long? Through forever on the scaffold, wrong forever on the throne. Yes, that scaffold sways the future. Behind the dim unknown standeth God within the shadow, keeping watch above his own. How long? Not long. Because the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. How long? Not long. Because mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He's trampling out the village where the grapes of wrath are stored. He's loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. He has sounded forth the trumpet that shall never call retreat. He is sifting out the hearts of men before his judgment seat. Oh, be swift, my soul, to answer him. Be jubilant, my feet. Our God is marching on. Yeah. Glory, hallelujah. Yes, Glory, hallelujah. And the arc of the moral universe always bends towards justice. It's long and it bends towards justice because God is in control of it. And what we know the gospel tells us is that God entered this planet as a human in the form of Jesus. Not just, he did come to forgive your sins. He also came to deliver you of your sin. And then he also called to make all the wrong in this world that's been undone by sin right again, to put it to rights. And that's the good news of the gospel. So with that said, here's what I'd love for you to do this morning. Go ahead and rise up to your feet. And I expect you to be a little more Baptist today. You just had a gospel song and Martin Luther King. And go ahead and greet your neighbor and say hi to someone you don't know too. So how long will you greet? Not long. How long will you shake your hands? Not long. All right, have a seat. We need to get going. <laughs> hey, I want to say good morning to uh, everyone listening online, to our, our friends overseas, and um, I'm going to get in the habit of it because I know there's people in Porterville watching right now too. So uh, everyone say hi to them. Woo! Woo -woo! All right, awesome, awesome. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get going on that, but Man, there, there's some things I want to handle first. Hey, if you're a visitor here at Clovis Hills today, we are so glad you're here. One of the things we love for you to do while you're here is, um, and it's, sometimes it's weird being new in church and, and you feel like everyone's staring at you. No one's staring at you. They don't know you're new. Don't worry. Uh, but what I would love for you to do is at the bottom of your um, bulletin, there's a tear-off. And fill that out. At the end of our service, we give our offering to God. And if you're new, we don't want you to feel like you need to give any money whatsoever. What we would love is that you just uh, give us your name and tell us what you thought about the service. And if you put your info on there, we'll send you a free gift just for coming. We want to bless you for being 
uh, with us today. So when the offering comes later at the end of the service, just drop it in there, it'll be good. The other thing you can do, and any of you can do this, is download the Clovis Hills app on your smartphone. You can get it in your Google Play Store or your um, iTunes Store, and um, you can uh, get your outline, outline to the sermons in there. About eight to nine weeks of previous sermons are there that you can listen to. There's a prayer card. If you have a prayer request during the week, you can submit it right there on your phone and send it. It'll get to the right people. Um, if you made a decision for Christ, you can do that. All of, all of those things. So I want to encourage you to um, download that. It's, it's a great way to stay connected throughout the week. I also want to make sure if you weren't here last week, you may not know, but our friend Elowen Dickerson is doing a, a painting or a drawing up there. Everyone say hi to Elowen. What's up? So if you're trying to figure out what it is, you won't. So stop it, okay? It's in ink. It's really like fine lines. And when the service is done, you can walk forward and go look at it. Um, when she's finished with it, she, uh, we're going to frame it, and we'll, we'll have it, and she'll probably start on another one because she's just super good. It's really cool. So I encourage you to do that because I know some of you, if, you don't, if I don't tell you, you're going to be like, what's she doing? What's she doing? What's she? All, all service. You're not going to figure it out. Eyes on the prize up here. Okay, anyway, so I'm not the prize. I'm kidding. Um, the other thing I want to tell you guys is we have our growth group connection right now. The, um, today, after service, I want to encourage you. Go sign up for a growth group. That's a great way to um, get connected in the, in the church. And um, even if it's for a season in your life, it's just for six weeks or a short time, get in, get in a growth group. It'll help you grow spiritually. It'll help you connect to other, other people. And if you're men, do we have any men in the room today? Not bad, not bad. Hey, if you're a man, I, I just want to invite you. I have a men's growth group on Tuesday morning here at the church. It's in the back building over there. It's from 6.30 a.m. to 7.30 a.m., and we end it pretty precisely at 7.30. So you can get off to work or whatever it is you got to do. And um, coffee's provided. And um, if we're lucky, there's a kind saint that brings donuts. And if we're really blessed, they bring a warm Krispy Kreme donut, which is amazing. And if you want to be my favorite church member, maybe you'll bring them on Tuesday. So anyways, my, my men's growth group is great. You can sign up for it in the back or you can just show up on Tuesday. E either way, I'd rather you sign up so we know you're coming. Um, just some, some, some good stuff going on. I also, um, we're, we're doing this series called Focus 2020. And really, we're, as a church, we're entering into a three-year kind of strategic initiative that um, the, the, the Lord is just kind of, he's already been at work in it over the last year. And uh, we've been following him and what he's doing. And we, we felt that at the new year was a time to kind of unveil it to the to the church and, and tell you kind of this is what God's doing and we're getting on board. We're going to buckle our seatbelts and get on board. Let me, and if you weren't here last week, I want to encourage you to go online and listen to the sermon because it's a much more detailed um, version of the vision. Um, today I'm just going to give you an abbreviated one and we're going to get right to how we grow in Christ. Um, so here's, here's what I want you to understand. Over the next three years, um, we want to highly, we want to focus our evangelistic efforts, not just here on our campus but um, in the Central Valley and even to the ends of the earth. And um, what we, we believe God is calling us to do is we want to see 2,500 first-time decisions for Christ over the next three years and 1,000 baptisms. Now, I, I get it. To some of you, that's just a number, and you're like, what? I want you to understand, it, for our church, it's an astronomical number. It is not a number we can reach on our own. Uh, just to give you context, last year we baptized more people than ever. We baptized 150 people, 152 people, okay? Um, to do 1,000 in three years, that's 333.3 people, okay? So we're going to do a pregnant woman who's in her first trimester, okay? 
I'm kidding, I'm pro-life, she's too. But here's the deal. We can't do this on our own. This isn't something that I just preach better and more people will come to Christ. It's a people-centered movement. It starts with the church. And who's the church? You guys are the church. So it has to start there. And um, what we want to do is we want to um, train everyone in the church in how to share their faith over the next three years, that you would learn to share your faith in just a, a relational way that wasn't weird and awkward, but you would know how, if, the, uh, if God arose the opportunity in your life, you could walk someone across the line of faith. And imagine if every one of us in this room had the ability to do that, how exponentially we would affect darkness in, in this, this community. So, so we're doing that. We're gonna bring also, after we train everyone in evangelism, we're gonna be bringing in... Um, Speakers that will draw a crowd. Sometimes they'll be celebrities. Sometimes they'll be interesting. The last Sunday in February, we have Toss Seda coming. He was um, Yasser Arafat's sniper in the Palestinian Liberation Organization. He was a terrorist who became a Christian. And now he has a ministry to the Arabs and the Palestinians in Israel right now. He's an on-fire, loving Christian. And he's going to give his story. And you're going to get to hear about his book. He wrote a book called The Mind of Terror. It's going to be awesome. Um, you bring your friends to that. But we're going to have people like that throughout the next three years, bringing thousands of people onto our campus. And because we're going to have so many people coming on our campus, there's some things we want to do. We want to leverage our property. Uh, one of the things that, that um, we, we were told by the city of Clovis is they're going to start developing out around the church in this area. Over, starting in the summer, they're going to widen Willow to three lanes. And um, we know now's the time, so we want to raise the money, and we want to um, landscape the front of the church out on Willow which would be amazing. I remember one Sunday I invited one of my friends who's a Marine in Oceanside to, to visit, and he's like, dude, this place is beautiful, but what's with all the dirt? Are you like a dirt farmer? I don't, uh, I mean, I feel like I'm in Afghanistan, Sean. I'm getting PTSD. I, I keep expecting the Taliban to come up over the orchard there. <laughs> I go, well, hold on. One day it'll happen. Well, it's gonna happen. We're gonna, we're gonna um, landscape the, the front there on Willow. We wanna do some upgrades in our lobby to modernize it. We're gonna do some tech upgrades where, um, you know, actually you, you'll get uh, to all my people on the west side over here that sit over here and all my people on the east side that sit over here, you'll get the screens working again so you can rejoice on Zion and worship a little better and see all the words. Um, <laughs> we're gonna do some tech upgrades in here and then we also wanna open a half day uh, preschool here on campus that will be bringing uh, young families in over and over and over for, for, as, for as long as it's, it's open. And then we're gonna plant three churches, two in the Central Valley, one in um, the Silicon Valley, and then we're also gonna train church planters in our five missions areas around the world. We're gonna be working with orphans and widows and um, just, just ministering to the poorest of the poor, and it's all evangelism, and it's all in the name of Jesus. So that's what we're gonna be doing. You just got it in a, like a, like a three-minute version of it, so if you've got a stomachache, Buckle up, because here it comes. Anyways, scripture I'm going to read to you today is Matthew 13, and um, it's verses 1 through 8, and if you, we don't have a scripture reader today, I'm the scripture reader, so what I would love for you to do is, if you're able to, I'd love it if you'd stand in honor of God's word, if you're able to, and we'll read from the word of the Lord. This is Jesus. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they, could not, they had, not, had no root. 
other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. And still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. This is God's word. You may be seated. So we're going to talk today about um, you know, how we grow in Christ, how people grow in Christ, and, and, and how we sow in Christ also. And, you know, like I said, the, the 2020 vision, it's not something we're just going to give out for the next five weeks. It's what we're going to live out for the next three years as a church. You're going to hear about it for, for a long time. But, but what I'm asking everyone in the church to do is, to, is to, to commit or to pray about committing to, one, growing in your knowledge of how to share your faith, um, going through our, our My 316 series, maybe getting in a growth group or taking the, the My Life mission class that we're going to offer three to four times a year, and learning how to share your faith, if you can commit to that. The other is going, going and serving at some of the evangelistic events, when we have events here at the church or at some of our church plants, or maybe even God might call you to go on a short-term mission somewhere. Um, I know some of you in the room, you're like, I know it, God's calling me to Maui. I feel it, I feel the call. No, you can go to Maui, but, well, he might call you there. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> That's between you and him. But the, the, the point I made is that you want to grow in, your fa- grow in your knowledge of how to share your faith. Go and serve in these evangelistic events. And then the last one is give. We want you to pray about what you can give over and above what you give. If you're a regular giver, we are so blessed by you. We thank you. Um, you help fund the ministry that happens at Clovis Hills. But I want you to pray about what you could do over and above. And if you pray and you get nothing, you get a zero, God says zero, then we're not going to bug you about it. We're not going to guilt you about it. We're just going to move on. But what, what you know if you're a regular giver, that God always blesses your obedience, doesn't he? He always blesses your obedience. If maybe giving is like a new thing to you and you're kind of freaked out by it, here's what I want you to do. Just pray. Ask God. And if you get a zero, then it's not a big deal. Don't, don't worry about it. But I will tell you this. If you step out in faith, God always catches you. And he will honor it and he will bless you for it. As a matter of fact, I want to challenge some of you as a family to pray as a family what you're going to do. Bring your kids in on this. Get your kids to be- begin understanding sacrifice and what, what, what that means and what that looks like. And um, if you teach them while they're young, it'll be something that they'll carry into adulthood much further on. And I want you to understand something. Your kids knowing something about sacrifice is better than them being a good soccer player. Letting you in on the truth right there, okay? Let, letting you in on that. So, and, and my, one of my kids is a pretty good soccer player. So, hey, I want to talk to you first if you have your outline about the seed. The seed that, that, that the, the farmer's sowing. Seeds are, 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 are interesting things because, you know, they're so small, but they have the ability to, like, move, like, houses and wreck things and break through rocks and break through foundations. But they start as this, this little thing. And they don't seem very intimidating, but as they grow into a tree or they grow into a plant and they take root, they're very powerful. And the, the seed that Jesus was talking about, he explains it later on in the parable, is the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God, I want to explain to you what that is, because there, there's a lot of um, misconceptions about what the kingdom of God is. Some people think the church is the kingdom of God. The church is not the kingdom of God. The church resides in the kingdom of God sometimes. See, the kingdom of God is wherever God is in control. It's wherever God is reigning. It's wherever God is in charge. You'll see the kingdom emerge, and it usually comes up like a plant. Well, a great example I always use for, for the kingdom of God, where I saw the kingdom of God, and it, made, it totally like made sense to me, 
is I was in India, and I was in India, and I met the, this, this husband and wife, and they lived in a leper colony, and they weren't lepers at all. And believe it or not, there's still leper colonies all around the world, people that have leprosy. And um, they, they began to tell me their story that both of them, their parents at some had leprosy and died of leprosy. And then when they got married, they just felt a call to minister to lepers. So they moved into this leper colony. And they have their children there and everything. And then when they moved into the leper colony, um, it, it, it's just a sad place because all these lepers, all they do is beg in India and they're of the lowest caste and everyone looks down on them and no one wants to help them because they believe in karma, which I know we use karma in our language around in America. It's actually pretty a lame, stupid thing because it's not what you put out the universe gives back. If you understand karma in its full Hindu sense, you have to understand that um, it has to do with reincarnation. And, the, and what they believe is, well, you have leprosy because you were a bad person in a previous life, so I don't want to screw with karma, so I can't help you. Do you understand? Like, that's wicked. That's from Satan. Jesus did have something like karma. He said, you reap what you sow. But anyways, I divert. Typical squirrel, right? So listen. <laughs> they move into this leper colony. They get these looms donated, and all of a sudden they, they, they teach these lepers, the ones that, that have appendages on their hands, to start making these beautiful blankets. And they're, they're, they're incredible. And they begin selling them, and then they discover the internet, and they begin selling them online. And all of a sudden, they're able to start rebuilding all these little shacks that the lepers live in. They build a medical, a medical center in the middle of the leper colony that has all the medicine they'll ever need. There'll never be a leper in that colony that will die of leprosy from infection or anything like that. They build a little church. They all become Christians. They all start worshiping in this, in the, in this and it's this little outpost of the kingdom of God, where God is on the throne and he's reigning in this little place. And I looked around and I said, that's the kingdom. That's the kingdom. See, the kingdom of God is wherever God is reigning. And here's what Jesus said. He, you know, he knew when he said to the disciples, he knew that when he ascended the Father, the Holy Spirit would come on them and then they would be carrying the spirit of God in their hearts. And if you are a Christian, you carry the spirit of God in your heart, believe it or not. So that's why Jesus said to the disciples that the kingdom of God in Luke, in the book of Luke, that the kingdom of God is within you. That you care, when you leave this place and you carry Jesus, you carry the gospel out of these doors and you go be the church, you're carrying the kingdom, a little outpost of the kingdom in your heart. You take it wherever you go. So Jesus is teaching us that the seed is the good news of the kingdom. You carry the good news of the, of the kingdom with you, and we sow it. And I know in my family, um, I'm the one that takes care of the plants and takes care of all, all the um, you know, greenery in our area. And I'm not amazing at it, you know, but my, my significant other is not good at it whatsoever. She has the angel of death, the black thumb that when she cares for a plant, it dies. Um, she did a good job with my children, but our plants, don't trust her. Um, and, you know, and I'm not great at it. I mean, we have some fruit trees at our house that were there before I got there, and I just keep watering them, and they seem to keep bearing fruit, so we're good. And um, that, that's great. But the thing, I'm really good at growing. I am amazing at it. I mean, I, am, I should go into a profession. I am a great dandelion farmer. Right, do we have that picture? So dandelions are really interesting because um, if you've ever seen how they work, right, they're just this little weed and um, they sprout these little yellow flowers and then they contract over 30 days 
And all of a sudden, boom, they become these little white things full of seeds. And one little dandelion weed can emit about 2,000 seeds all over the place. And it's an interesting thing because the, the way it works, the way God designed it, I mean, maybe it happened by accident that a plant just kind of turns into seeds and then when the wind hits it, it spreads and it just keeps perpetuating its little species there. I don't think so. I think that's crazy. I think there was a, a design there. But when the wind hits it, it spreads. And I want you to think about it. In the Bible, the word in the Old Testament for the Holy Spirit, for the Spirit of God, is ruach. Everyone say ruach. Ruach. <laughs> okay? Right? And then in the New Testament, in Greek, it's pneuma. All right? Everyone say pneuma. Both of those words in Greek and Hebrew also mean wind as well. So when the wind of God, the Spirit of God hits you, if you're full of God, if you're full of the kingdom, the seeds just go everywhere. The seeds go everywhere. And you, believe it or not, carry the good news of the kingdom with you. You just have to learn to get it out of you. So, um, I know you guys, some of you in the room, I just know, because from just sheer statistics, there's got to be some of you that when I said, hey, we want to see 2,500 first-time decisions for Christ and 1,000 baptisms, you, in your head, you instantly became a hater. And you said, I knew it. They're all about the numbers. That's all they care about is numbers, padding their numbers, padding their numbers. You're all about the numbers. You don't care about people. So I, I want to um, explain something to you and just come clean. Um, Clovis Hills Community Church is totally about the numbers. I want you to understand that. Guys, every one of those 2,500 people is a person that God knows by name, that he called. If you're a believer in Jesus, you know this, that God called you, but he knew you while you were in your mother's womb. And they are a person, and they will have a personal relationship with Jesus. But we are about the numbers. The stinking Bible has a book called Numbers, guys. And it was about counting how many of God's people there were because the more of God's people, the more glory went to God. Do, do you understand how that works? In the New Testament, yeah, be Baptist with me right now. Listen, in the New Testament, whenever God moved and people came to faith, they seemed to keep the number. And 3,000 were added to their number that day. And 5,000 were added to their number that day. Man, that, that Luke, when he wrote Acts, he's all about the numbers. I don't like that. <laughs> Guys, yes, we are. Because we are going to depopulate hell and populate heaven. I, I want you to understand that. And, and, and let me rephrase that. God is going to do it, and you have the opportunity to be part of it. Or you can sit back and be a hater and be what I call the no-nos and be like, no, I'm not doing it. And you can miss out on God's blessing in your life. That's fine. That's your decision. You're ridiculously in charge of your life. But God's going to do it, and are you going to jump on board? That's really what's going on, guys. So we, we, are, we are about the numbers. But I, I want you to understand something. We, in Matthew 28, which I read last week, it says, go make disciples of all nations. It doesn't say go make converts of all nations, right? It says, go and make disciples. So in our church, we have a process of discipleship that we, that, that we hope people will get, get into. We have our, our Connect 101 class, and then we have our 101 level classes, and those are kind of beginner 
classes, and you can take the Connect class if you're new to the church and you want to learn what we believe, and we teach a little bit about the basics of Christianity, and then we have just some entry-level classes we offer throughout the year, 101-level classes. Then we have our 201-level class, and it's kind of a grow class, and it's to take you deeper into your faith, and Pastor Dave Love teaches it, and it's amazing, and then we have some other 201-level classes we offer during the year, and then we have a 301-level class. And 301 is our spiritual gifts. It's learning your spiritual gifts. As a matter of fact, there's a sign up for it in your bulletin if you, you want to do that, where you can come, you take this class, because here's the deal. All of you have talents. You're all born with talents, and that's great. Sister McPeters has some talent going on, amen? God gave her a voice when she was born, and that's great. But when she became a Christian and she had the Holy Spirit of God live in her, all of a sudden, she got new gifts. It wasn't just singing. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but she led you in worship. God gave her the gift of leadership right, right then. And God has given everyone different gifts. Some of you have the gift of evangelism. Some of you have the gift of generosity. It doesn't mean that all of us can't, aren't supposed to evangelize, just some people are really good at it. It doesn't mean all of us don't give, it just means some people were really good at it and find a lot of joy in it. Some people have the gift of hospitality. It doesn't mean that we all shouldn't be hospitable, it's just some are really good at it, right? If you, you know, if the thought of having lots of people over at your house and preparing something for them and putting something together really gets you excited, you might be a great host for a small group. That might be the, one of the spiritual gifts that God's given you, if you've ever thought about that. Um, if you live in a house and all you have is like a lazy boy and a big screen TV and there's Cheeto wrappers all over your room, you probably don't have the gift of hospitality. You have the gift of celibacy. So <laughs> singleness. Track together, guys. Come on. But we offer this 301 class and you can figure out, try and figure out what your spiritual gifts are so you can exercise them. And then we have our 401 class, our 401 level classes, where you learn your life mission. Because God didn't make you just so you can learn more about the Bible. He made you. Think about the, the point of a, of a tree or a plant. It's not for shade. It's not for looks. Really, the reason God made plants and trees and all that is so they would reproduce. An apple tree has lots of apples, but the fruit of an apple tree isn't an apple. It's actually another apple tree. Because inside, every one of those apples are seeds. And it was designed by God that way for one of them to fall to the ground and take root and go off. And you're the same way. God's put seeds all in you, and you're designed to put them out there. So you can be an apple tree or a weed, however you feel today, okay? So that's why I, I want you to understand something. We, we've been working really hard because we don't want to make converts. We want to make disciples. We want to put a name next to all 2,500 of those people. Um, and we, we, um, we've come together and we, we put together a team called the Acts 1-8 Task Force. And Steve and Jane, could you guys come up real quick? This is the Roysters. I want to introduce them to you guys. And um, go ahead, you can give them a hand. It's okay. And here's, here's what I, I want you to understand. Um, I, I asked Steve and Jane to come together and, and help us put together um, a team where we could, every ministry in the church would be able, if there was a decision for Christ, would be able to report it and be able to report the, the, the person's follow-up info as they, as they come to Christ. So um, Steve was the CEO of the Boy Scouts here in the Central Valley and in, in Utah. And um, Jane is the eye candy, right? Of the, and, and I'm the, a retired teacher. You're, you're the fun, actually, <laughs> is really what it is. But yeah, and she's a retired teacher. 
as well. So they sat down and they started coming up with, you know, because this is their gifting, they started coming up with an org chart of how every ministry can report and we, we can um, put as best we can, put a name to every decision that's there. And this is going to be their job. They're going to put, be putting this team together. It's going to be a three-year thing and it's a very important job. And one of the reasons I brought them up here is not just to show them off, but I want us as a church to pray for them right now. Because this is an important job and it's a daunting job. Because I don't know if you know, but trying to lead church people, it's like herding cats. You guys do whatever you want to do. And sometimes you play along and most of the time you do what you want to do. So um, this is an incredibly important job. So I want us as a church to pray for them right now. So would you pray with me? Father, I thank you um, for the Roysters, Lord, and how you uh, put a burning in their heart. To, to, to follow you, to know you, and to see other people come into discipleship. So, Father, I ask that you, um, first and foremost, Lord, would protect them from the enemy. You would give them wisdom, Holy Spirit, that they would uh, be able to see things that, that they might not have naturally seen, but you give them divine wisdom in how to continue to create those systems and tweak those systems and... Um, to, to help get people into discipleship, Lord. So we pray a blessing on them and their life. You'd multiply their time. And um, we just thank you for the gifts that they bring to the table, Lord. We love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Give it up for the Roysters. So we're gonna be sowing seeds all over the city. But that... Some of you, I, I know right now, it frightens you to death, right? And let, let me explain to you really what we're trying to do. We, we want you to be able to do it in a relational way, not in a creepy way. I remember um, the first time I was ever shared my faith, I was forced to. And I, show, I was like 15, 16 years old. I showed up at youth group at my church, and the old church bus is out front, and they're like, get in the bus. We're going to the beach. I'm like, Nice. I didn't bring a board, though. Can I go home and get my board? They're like, no, 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 we're going witnessing. I go, what's witnessing? And they're like, don't worry about it. Get in the bus. I was like, all right. So I get in the bus, you know. And as I'm dri we're driving the beach, um, they go, okay, so you guys are going to share Jesus with strangers. I'm like, no, I'm not. That's weird. I'm not doing that. It's not happening. It's not happening. Well, we're going to pair you up with Charlie, and you're going to go with Charlie. He's really good at it, and you'll learn how to do it, and he'll teach you, and you'll do it. You'll see. And in my head, I'm like, I'm not doing it, because I was a cat, right? I'm going to do what I want. And um, so we get there, and we're walking around, and he's, you know, we pray, and he's like, hey, let's go talk to those guys. They're, they were changing out of their wetsuits. They'd finished surfing. So we walk up, and he just starts talking with them. We start talking about the waves and talking about the swell that's coming in. And before you know it, he, somehow he weaves in, like, some spiritual conversation, and all of a sudden we're talking about God. I didn't even realize it. And he starts talking about God, and it was a really cool conversation. It was a meaningful conversation. You could tell for them even. And he wasn't condemning, he wasn't coming down on them, he wasn't beating them with his Bible or anything like that. He was just letting them know that God knows their name and loves them deeply. And um, they didn't come to faith that day, but um, he prayed with them, or we prayed with them, and you could tell they were just really touched. So it was almost like he took the seed and just went, and put it in there. And we'll see, it, let God, God grow it. And I thought, wow, that was really cool. So we're walking along, and I'm like, I can do this with him. As long as he does the talking, and I just stand there, I'm the eye candy, okay? So anyways... <laughs> He, he goes, hey, there's, that, there's a kid over there fishing. Go talk to him. I'm like, I ain't talking to him. He goes, you're talking to him. And I go, no, I'm not. And he goes, listen, I'm going to walk over and introduce you to him. And then you're going to have to talk to him. You ever done that one to someone? It's really fun. 
You're like, hey, this is Stephen. He wants to talk to you and walk away. It's a lot of fun. Um, so, so I'm like, I don't know, dude. I don't know. He goes, come on, go, go, go. And he totally peer pressured me in. I'm like, all right, fine. So I walk over and the guy's fishing and I feel totally stupid. I'm like, eh. fishing, huh? Yeah. Catch anything? No. Now I'm like sweating. I'm like, do you know God? What? Do you know God? What did you say, dude? Do you know God? All right, see you later, man. Take it easy. Hope you catch some. And I took off. You know, and I'm like, I'm never doing that again. That was weird. It was creepy. It, and, and I even told God, that will never happen again. I'm not sharing my faith ever again. And never say never to God because look where I am today. <laughs> so you can be a no-no. You might end up here. I'm just telling you right now. Just let, letting you know. So I want to talk to you about the soil, though, because if we're meant to sow seeds, it goes into soil, and we were a seed at one point, and we've become a plant if, you're, if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, and the, the type of soil that you in, you're in will determine how much you flourish. Look, you know, um, Jesus, he talked about there was different types of soil, right? Some of the seed fell on rocky ground, and it came up really quick. And, but because it had nowhere for the seed to take root, to latch onto, it just, it, the sun hit it and it withered and died. And we've all met people like that. Like one week they're like, I love Jesus, I'm gonna be a missionary. And three weeks later they're like, maybe I'll be a stripper. <laughs> I love Jesus, I'm gonna give everything I have to him. Maybe I'll rob a bank. See, I use those extremes, but I want you to understand something. We've all seen that, and that might have happened at certain points in your life. You know, I used to always, um, I worked in an urban context at my last church, and I, we would get guys released from prison all the time. And, you know, the, the running joke at one of the church, church sites we had was like, oh, he found Jesus in prison. We'll see if he leaves him there or not. Because, they, you know, they would come out all on fire and six months later back to, to their, their old life. It's because the seed fell on rocky soil. For others, though, Jesus talked about it fell in soil, but there, there were thorns and weeds sown among it. And I want you to think about that. It grew up healthy, but when the, when the weeds started growing, it just started slowly choking it out. And see, the weeds could be a lot of things. You know, Pastor Scott last night thought I said that we're going to grow weed. And I was like, no, we're not doing that. Weeds, though, they, they choke the plant. And weeds can actually be... Um, the stresses you have in life. It could be being so busy you don't have time for God. Um, it, could be, you, it could look like you're doing all kinds of things for Jesus, but you're doing so many things for Jesus, you forgot about your relationship with Jesus. Don't let the work of God destroy the work of God that is in you is what I want you to understand. That you have to take that time to cultivate that relationship with Jesus. For others though, the weeds might be some kind of addiction. It might be some kind of habit that you have. It, I, I don't know what it is. I had one person come to me last night and th they began to talk about, well, I, you know, I, I, every week, I've, for the last month, I felt God has been moving me. He's been breaking chains in my life and I feel free from this sin. And then I leave church and the next day I'm right back in the sin and, and, and I, what do I do? And I said, well, first and foremost, maybe God hasn't broken that chain in your life yet. 
Maybe he's not gonna break it miraculously for you. Maybe he knows if he broke it miraculously for you, you'd just go on to some other bad habit. Maybe there's a process, a struggle that you're fighting through that God's gonna walk with you through to wholeness, to healing, and he's slowly breaking the chains. Maybe he planted a tree or a, a seed underneath the chain and it's gonna sprout out and break the chain. It might be slow. And it was a cool thing because this person, they wouldn't tell me what they struggle with, but they finally at a certain point just said, I have a drinking problem. And it was like a weight fell off them. And they went, I've never said it out loud. And I prayed with this person and I said, you should consider getting into Celebrate Recovery. Because she's, you know, they were like, I'm, I'm already in a growth group. I already, you know, read the Bible. I go to church. What, the, what, what can I... I said, well, there's a process that God is working you through and he's gonna deliver you from that. And you're gonna have an incredible story. And it's not just have an incredible story. That story is the seeds of the kingdom. And he's gonna use you to spread them everywhere. See, it might be a sin in your life that's holding you back. Um, and I only say that because that's happened to me many times in my life. And what you need is for a transplant that God would supernaturally put you in good soil. Because what did it say about the good soil? The seed that fell in the good soil reproduced 100-fold, 60-fold, 30-fold. The point of your Christianity isn't so you know the Bible really well. I want you to understand that. You should know the Bible really well, but I know lots of people that know the Bible very well that don't know Jesus. They don't know the God of the Bible personally. God made you to bear fruit. Jesus said, I am the vine, you're the branches. Apart from me, you're just a twig. You'll bear no fruit ever unless you're connected to me. So maybe some of you, you need a, a transplant. I had a friend, um, and he was a very strong Christian. And about a year ago, I started noticing, like, he, had a, he was posting a lot of, like, self-help, positive talk stuff on, on his um, Twitter feed and his, his Facebook feed. And I thought, oh, okay, whatever, because there's nothing wrong with positive thinking, okay? We probably should think positive. A lot of Christians are way too negative anyways, okay? So I, was, I thought nothing of it. But slowly over the year, he started posting more and more like Eastern religion stuff, like Buddhist stuff and Hinduism and, and, and less about Jesus. And, and finally, like he's just, now he's like quoting the Vedas and things like that. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? So I messaged him. I'm like, dude, what's going on? Where are you and Jesus at? Because I knew he was like a strong believer and then he said, his reply was, I don't even know about Jesus anymore, Sean. Because I haven't been to church in a year. Um, you know, I started reading these self-help books, and um, a lot of them were pointing towards, you know, the Eastern religion. So I started looking into them and reading them, and I don't even know if I believe in Jesus anymore. Guys, the weeds choked him out. Just strangled his faith. Don't let that happen in your life. Get in good soil. So Jesus says one last thing. He says in, uh, well, no, he doesn't say one last thing, but he, he kind of turns the corner in, in verse nine that I didn't read to you. He says to him, he goes, hey, whoever has ears, let them hear. Whoever has ears, let them hear. And um, he, go, he goes on, and it kind of leads me to my third point, if you want to fill in the blank, is the sight and the sound. Because he ta starts talking about hearing and seeing. And in verse 13, he says, this is why I speak to them in parables. You ever, you ever wondered why Jesus didn't just tell it like it is? Sometimes you just can't tell it like it is because someone can't hear it yet. They're not ready to hear it. 
And this is what Jesus did. He understood that, that sometimes the kingdom's gotta grow like a seed in you, and you just gotta plant the seed. And if you tell someone just how it is, you smack them with it, they're not ready for it. I remember um, I was on a secular radio show in um, San Diego, and it was kind of a, like an anti-Christian kind of vibe. They were very hostile to Christianity, and it was basically, hey, let's bring a pastor on and make him look stupid kind of thing. So I went on, and they're coming at me with a million questions, coming out with a million questions, and then they kept coming at me with this one thing, that um, homosexuality, and they kept saying, you know, they, they wanted me to give them just a straight answer on what it is, and the callers were getting upset, and I could just tell, and I just got a sense from the Holy Spirit that I needed to share it differently, and I just kind of blurted out a story. I said, you really want to know what I think? And they're like, yeah. And I said, well, once upon a time, there was a computer virus that infected every computer in the whole world. It cut every computer off from the internet and the cloud. It also, the virus made every computer malfunction differently. So some malfunction differently this way, some malfunction wrong this way, some malfunction wrong this way. They couldn't even help themselves in many, in, in many ways. Till finally, the great programmer in the sky took the antivirus. He had the antivirus, and because they were cut off from the cloud, he put it on a thumb drive, and he brought it to, to earth. And he said, anyone that would take this antivirus, and they would receive it into them, they'd put it in their USB drive and receive it into them, not only would it kill the virus, it would begin to heal the machine and get it back to full functioning order to at one point, it would actually be running at a higher processor speed than it could ever imagine. It wasn't just gonna kill the virus, it was gonna keep the virus from it and heal it and make it the machine that it had always been created for. But some of, the, some of the machines, some of the computers said, I don't want it, I don't need it, I'm fine how they are, and they live with the virus their whole life and they never knew what it was like to be free. That's what I think about that. Dude, what do I do with that? You can chew on it. See, they weren't ready. They weren't ready. And this is why Jesus speaks in parables, and he says this. This is why I speak in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing and never understanding. You'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart had become callous. They hardly hear with their ears, and they've closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. See, what I'm asking of you is that you would go to God, and if you're in shallow soil, Ask him to put you in good soil. And then begin to take the faith steps to get there. If you got weeds choking you out, and we've all got different weeds maybe that are choking us out, that you would surrender to God and say, Lord, help me. And then you would take the faith steps to get into the good soil. The other thing I'm asking you to do is learn how to release those seeds that God's put in you, the seeds of the kingdom, because you all have got them. And our community needs them desperately. Our world needs them desperately. So here's the deal. We're gonna pray. There's some of you here today, I know for a fact that following Jesus has been like a, an abstract concept to you. Believing in Jesus has just been like a, it, yeah, oh, I guess, I don't know. It's never been a real thing to you. 
But today, all of a sudden, God is starting to speak to you. He's, he's knocking at the door of your heart. You don't know what that is. You're like, man, I'm strangely moved by this. I don't know what's going on. And um, I, I want you to understand something. The Bible says this, that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. In John chapter 1, verse 12, he said, but as many as received him, if you'll take the antivirus, as many as received him, to them he's given the right to become children of God. He's also, he also said in Revelation 3.20, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone listens, I will come in. That you could surrender your life to Christ today and, he, and, and ask him to plant you in good soil. And in faith, you'd make those steps towards that. Here's what I want you to know. God will always honor your faith. He'll always honor your belief if you will put it into action and receive him today. Some of you, you just need to talk to God about the weeds. Some of you, you're like, I'm new in this, and I know I'm in rocky soil. I know my environment. It's terrible. I just want you to go to God right now and just take a minute, all of you, and be with God wherever you're at. And then I'll lead you in a prayer.